we're offering a different type of nursing than anybody else is doing right now. Looking at it from Humana's perspective, you really want to help influence the culture of the industry. We have been able to look at what are the resources that we have to better provide quality care in that home setting. These patients not only benefit from what we're doing, but can thrive under it. This is Kathy Driscoll, Chief Nursing Officer at Humana. Welcome to The Voice of Humana Nurses, a podcast about clinicians committed to improving lives. Join me, other nurses from Humana, and special guests as we discuss topics nurses care about. Today, we're talking about home, home health, and our home care strategy. We've heard a lot about home as we plan our future and our future strategies, and we've also heard a lot of questions about what that really means and where nurses fit in. So today, we have Sandy Spitali and Lori Witt with us. Sandy's the Director of Strategy Advancement in the Transformation Management Office and one of our founding nurse leaders. And Lori Witt is the AVP of Operations at Kindred at Home. So welcome to the Voices of Humana Nurses, ladies. Appreciate you spending some time with us today. So let's start with you, Lori. When we think about the landscape of home health, I think you're a great person to give us a good overview of what's happening in home health, how are things changing, and how are you all thinking about the future? Thank you, Kathy, for having me, and I'm happy to talk about where home care is and where home care is going. I think as someone who's been in the industry for 29 years, the biggest difference that I see on a day-to-day basis is the acuity of the patients that are coming home. Patients have less time in the hospital and they're discharged sooner. A lot of them bypass any post-acute care, come straight to the home. And what we're seeing when we go into the homes is a much more acute patient who has a lot of needs. And that is really different from the past. And what we also see in the home care setting right now is just a lack of caregiver support. I think, you know, 25 years ago, there were lots of folks who stayed home who had their parents live with them or they were able to check on their parents all the time. But I think with this new environment that we live in where it's, you know, two working folks supporting families, we just do not see that caregiver support that we used to see. And also, I think a lot of what we're seeing in the home care horizon as we go into the future is that same level of acuity in these patients just increasing. The hospitals are full. We have patients in ERs waiting to get up into a bed. And we have patients who are discharged at all hours of the night who come home um, with much more complex needs than they used to. Thanks, Lori. That's really an interesting insight. Uh, You know, people are spending less time in the hospital. They're coming home sooner. I'm sure they want to be at home, but they have more complexity in their needs and they may not have caregivers that are able to provide that care, too. So that that really presents a lot of challenges. I would imagine that you also see people who have other types of challenges, social determinant of health needs and and maybe behavioral health needs as well, which adds yet other layers of complexity. Absolutely. We have just a lot more technical and advanced nursing needs in the home than we used to have. We have Pluravax at home. We have of course, wound vacs at home. We have um, infusion at home. And what that causes us to need is a, a much higher level of nurse in the home. I'm sure that everyone on the call who is a nurse 
can appreciate that there is, you know, a nursing shortage out there. So, you know, we even have to really set ourselves apart in the market for how we recruit nurses and how do we get nurses into the home environment. And um, it's not made for everyone, that's for sure. And I think as we move into the future, what we're able to offer at Kindred at Home through our partnership with Humana is a game changer for nurses. And we've been able to absolutely sort of blow through the staffing um, issues that we had before because we're just really offering a different type of nursing and a different type of support to the nurses in the home care market than anybody else is doing right now. Really? Yeah. So those are some really great points. So, Sandy, you know, kind of given all that, I know that you and Lori and your teams are really collaborating and thinking about maybe new ways that um, nurses and care teams can meet the needs of those patients at home and really, you know, address some of the issues that Lori uh, had just brought out. Can you talk a little bit about how you're collaborating and how that might help to build future models? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Kathy. Um, I think, you know, Lori and I have had the privilege of working together for quite some time now and and talking about from a provider standpoint, from a, a home health provider standpoint, what are the challenges for nurses as they enter the home? And what are the challenges for both the members or patients and the caregivers? Through these discussions and through the opportunity to understand better from a home health perspective. We at Humana have been able to look at what are the resources we have or the data and knowledge that we have about our members that we could potentially share with the teams at Kindred to better provide quality care in that home setting. And so our focus is always first and foremost on driving quality and driving outcomes. And then what do we have at our disposal as a health plan to be able to uh, support kindred? So some of the things that we realized is that many times discharge plans are not um, fully accurate or very um, detailed in what's expected for a member. So for example, there could be medications listed wrong on a discharge plan from a hospital setting. Um, We see less and less PCPs engaged in members' care when they're in a hospital. And so sometimes those medication lists do not come back fully accurate. We saw as a health plan that we have the ability to know a member's medications. And so how phenomenal could it be if we could share that list with Kindred prior to them going into the home? And so they have a real good insight into that member's medication history. And that will drive that quality discussion uh, in the home setting as they're looking to create that med reconciliation on the first visit. So important. Great insights, Sandy. Maybe you could dig into that a little bit more. Absolutely, Kathy. Um, Other things we realized very early on that would be helpful to a nurse in the home would be to understand a member's benefits. And so we started sharing um, what are the members' benefits around potentially things such as uh, meals or potential things such as transportation, their access to uh, behavioral health care and access to PCP visits and their co-pays. This really allows a nurse in the home to be able to have conversations with a member and as they identify maybe some needs around social determinants of health such as transportation to their primary care physician's office. It allows that kindred nurse to now know that they do have some benefits and we can connect the member or the patient with that 
other things we're, we're able to share a history and allow kindred to understand what has been that member's past history of their chronic conditions as well as their utilization of services so maybe how many times have they been in the hospital how many times maybe have they um, been utilizing home health in the past and so that gives a wealth of information to a clinician before they ever walk in the door that they did not have before other things that we've done is we have set up communication channels and I believe it's really important to to assure that we have seamless transitions from different levels of care um, whether that's from the home setting back to acute or whether it's from an acute or post-acute setting into the home and so we're able to share knowledge with the Kindred team about um, maybe information that has occurred during a hospital stay that would help support that nurse and family in the home but we're also able to take a great deal of knowledge from Kindred if a member has failed treatment in the home for any reason and be able to share that back with our hospitals. And so that way, as we're creating discharge plans, we're really helping establish what is the safest and uh, where we're going to receive the best quality outcomes for patients in the future. So, you know, I would say, you know, by sharing all those examples, it's all around the communication and sharing of information. So important. Great insights, Sandy. Thank you so much. Joining us now is Kirk Allen, Senior Vice President of Home Care at Humana. And Kirk is really leading the efforts around what does home look like in the future and how are we going to collaborate between Kindred at Home and Humana? So, Kirk, I'd kind of like to go back to that question about the landscape of home health and home health care in the United States right now. What do you see as some of the barriers to getting effective care, to coordinating care, and for an organization like Humana to ensure that all of our members get the best care? That's a great question. Thank you, Kathy, and thanks for having me on this podcast. The current state of, of the of affairs for home care in the United States, I would characterize it as home care is a very fragmented industry. Uh, most of the care is, is actually driven uh, from small proprietary agencies. They're lovingly called mom and pops. Um, agencies. Um, we, we have a few large players, but if you take all the large players, the, the major name national brands t- together, uh, including Kindred, that we have an ownership interest in, um, they represent less than 10% of the home health um, that is delivered. So that gives you sort of an indication of just how fragmented the industry is. And I think with that fragmentation, what happens is each of those agencies has challenges of providing services at scale, um, meaning that their overhead is spread over a smaller base of services. It's more expensive for them to, to deliver care. And I think from a standpoint of, of say, looking at it from Humana's perspective, it's also a challenge in the sense that if you really want to take advantage of that moment of influence that occurs when someone's under home health and you really want to help influence the culture of the industry, you're influencing the culture of many, many people, many, many agencies um, for the number of patients that you are that you are touching. So the fragmentation uh, makes it a challenge to sort of coordinate care. It makes it a challenge to communicate what kind of care is delivered. And it makes it a challenge to make sure that the interventions that you choose to change, whether or not they're done at a statistically relevant um, level, you know, making a change within an agency that has a sense of two or 300 people and seeing a difference in outcomes, you hope that that translates to a larger population. But unless you have a large population to really kind of prove that with, you're not certain that that, that outcome is difference is real or that you haven't just selected a certain population um, by choosing just that agency to work with. So it, it creates some, some challenges. 
Thanks, Kirk. Really appreciate your insights. Maybe you could dig into that a little bit more. Yeah, I think um, what we also have uh, in the industry that's interesting is we're we're facing a big change in the payment system where um, traditionally CMS, which is the primary uh, largest payer of the system and, and right now probably the most sought after um, payer from the standpoint of home health agencies, um, is altering its model where it traditionally has indexed more heavily on reimbursing for therapy-related services, and it's shifting um, payments around uh, among different diagnoses to better reimburse some of the more chronic conditions and conditions like wound care. They are shortening uh, the episode of care um, that's being looked at, still a 60-day episode of care, but a period of care of 30 days is the new payment model. And they are shifting payments to um, reimburse at a higher level for patients who originate into home health from a hospital setting or institutional setting um, versus those that originate in the community from just a community referral. So there are some big, broad changes, the largest changes that have occurred in my experience since uh, 2000 when the last payment uh, model in home health changed. And it'll, it'll, it's having some sweeping effects. Uh, one of the things that industry experts are predicting is that we'll see some consolidation that actually it would be very difficult for some of the smaller agencies to continue to operate and that there will be, they'll be purchased and rolled into to larger agencies. But I would say that kind of characterizes the landscape right now. Certainly is a complex landscape. Lots of opportunity, right? It does provide a lot of opportunity. I think wherever there are challenges, I remember I was in the industry in 2000 and I remember, I can remember people saying, you know, the sky is falling, home health will never be the same, it won't survive this change to moving from being paid on a fee-for-service basis to paying on an episodic basis. And, and nothing could have been further from the truth. The industry actually flourished. A lot of the utilization that probably was inappropriate um, was taken out, and the value of care that was delivered in the home, I think, over a period of time improved. I know that there will be challenges in moving to this new payment model, but I believe, and, and we're supportive of the principles that are behind uh, the transition that CMS is making, to this PDGM payment model, and it quite honestly puts the philosophy of home care for CMS closer to Humana's own philosophy for home care. Right, and driving value is so important in all areas of healthcare today. Absolutely. So, Lori, let's shift back to you for a little bit. Um, maybe you can share with us some of the insights that um, you've heard from some of the nurses that have been, been involved in the collaborative efforts um, that you and Sandy have been leading. Happy to. Um, you know, Sandy talked a little bit about the ability that Humana has to deliver data to our clinicians on patients. You know, a lot of times when we go into the home, we, we go in pretty blind. We have very little paperwork, maybe some on the hospital stay, but no real history on the patient. And really between the collaborative effort, being able to put data into nurses' hands, which just changes the landscape that they walk into. As Sandy was talking, we supply every admission that has a Humana payer with a member summary that's just a 365-day look back at that patient. And, you know, for everyone on the call that's ever worked with an elderly patient before, you know what poor historians they are. And they're just unable to tell you all their disease processes that they manage. Sometimes you're trying to, to, to ask them questions based on medications that they take. And, and what we're able to put in their hands is that list of all their medications, that list of all their diagnosis 
codes, the list of their hospital stays and ER visits. Have they been getting meds filled or have they been actually missing getting meds filled? Sometimes we spend the first couple of weeks just trying to figure out a patient's medication. So it's really great to know when you go in that they already have trouble with getting their meds filled. That's an issue you can address right away instead of having two weeks into the care before you realize that it's happening. It lists different doctors that they see based on the medications, which is definitely a game changer for our nurses because we know who is treating what disease for that patient and who to reach out to for certain care issues. And then we also um, are supplying everyone with their benefits at a glance um, to those nurses that go into the home. And, you know, as Sandy said, that's what tells us. The first thing so many patients tell us is, well, I can't get to the doctor. You know, we need to get you a follow-up visit schedule. Well, I can't get there. And we're able to look, you know, right away and see if they have transportation benefit and get that coordinated. And um, we send that up to to the team at Humana and they have that taken care of that same day usually. We see a lot of food insecurities. You know, we just had an example this weekend, Sandy, I, I know you saw it, um, where we had a patient who, you know, called us on Saturday and said, I don't have any food here. And uh, we were able to get a church to deliver some food Saturday and we sent that up to the Humana team on Monday and they were able to arrange well done as well as reach out to some community resources to help that patient also. So. You know, it's it's the down and dirty. It's the stuff that really matters for patients being successful and having good quality outcomes in their home. You know, if they don't have food, if they don't have medication, things like heat, you know, just basic things, basic um, living requirements, they're not going to be successful at home. And I believe through this collaboration, we have been able to make a major impact on how these patients can not only you know benefit from what we're doing, but can thrive under it. Uh, the power of information sharing is so important in coordinating care and supporting health. And I think you gave some really great examples there. Sandy, how about you? What, what's one insight that um, your nurses or you have picked up in this collaboration that you'd like to share? Yeah, I, you know what, Kathy, I think um, from the Humana perspective, you know, we have been very good at uh, addressing members' chronic um, needs in the home and being able to manage and support our members in those chronic states. Um, I think what has really come to light here, the ability to communicate with kindred while they're in the home and open up those channels of communication has allowed us to really intervene when there's acute needs in the home. And those acute needs could be anything to what Lori just suggested around their needs for social support in the home, caregiver support, but it could also be clinical support. And there can be things such as um, maybe durable medical equipment, if there's authorization processes that maybe the home health agency is not sure how to address, can we help them walk through you know, those authorization processes? Can we connect providers with in-network resources? So for example, where can we support Kindred to go to get ostomy supplies? you know, or a specialty wheelchair. And so in the past, maybe a home health provider did not know how to access those resources. Well, today, Humana, we can connect them um, and we can get those things escalated for both the provider and the member. I think other opportunities that our team have really fell upon is the ability to connect members with a primary care physician. We have seen a lot of our patients, and I know Lori would agree with this statement, a lot of our patients are discharging from hospitals and they don't have an aligned 
primary care physician to sign their home health orders. So a lot of the work that our team does is Kindred will notify us and then we will work to get that member an appointment to be followed up post-discharge and then assure that we can get those home health orders and that patient followed um, for that period of time. And then hopefully we also establish a long-term relationship for that patient with a physician going forward. I think, you know, for me, those kind of examples are that we are being able to really touch a member at that timing that's right for them when they need our influence and when they need our support. I think other things that we, as we look to the future and we think about how can we provide services, I think, more efficiently and also to the homebound population. I think we're going to explore areas of how can virtual care or telemedicine enter into that space, as well as other specialty services, such as um, specialty services with IV fluids or specialty care around oncology or wound care. Um, These are the types of things that, you know, Lori and I speak of often where there may be some barriers today and how could we fill those gaps that exist today and how can we look for whether it's technology solutions in the future or is it um, just a change in processes or enhancement of members' benefits. Those are the types of things we're looking at for future enhancements in care. It's great. Sounds like you've had some real deep dives into um, what makes care more efficient, how to collaborate more uh, efficiently and effectively, and most of all, putting the patient or the member at the center. So appreciate all of your work and your insight. Uh, Kirk, if if you had one piece of advice to give our listeners here about, um, you know, I'm a nurse at Humana. What are some of the skills or competencies that I'm going to need for the future? Future and how do I stay tuned into this work? How do I find out more about it as you all um, progress in these models? Great. Well, so first, let me say that I'm a huge fan of, of our nurses at uh, Humana and a huge fan of nursing in general. I have well said. Of my career <laughs> working with nurses. I'm married to a nurse, and she has kept me straight uh, uh, for a, for a long time. Um, So as I was listening to the conversation and thinking about the future, it's really the current state of the future. I think one of the skill sets that I think is is one to be developed for for success for the future is is really critical thinking. It's it's critical thinking about how to solve clinical problems in non-traditional ways. And I say that because we're encountering more and more. We see with this fragmentation um, that that exists in the home uh, and among caregivers and really in the whole medical system. Uh, we have to find different ways to use the um, the different healthcare assets or entities to solve problems. How do we use home health differently? How do we use some of our maybe our existing care management programs differently? Should some of the skilled nursing facility work be done in the home, or could it be done in the home? And so I think being able to to develop those critical thinking skills and and problem solving skills, I think um, having an orientation that is purpose driven. And by that, one of the great things I've heard our CEO talk about, Bruce Broussard, is is how do we create the most value out of a clinical interaction that we have with somebody? And I think back to my days of seeing patients, and it's really easy to get task-oriented. I'm going to this home to perform this certain thing, and when I'm done, I'm, I'm going to leave, versus going into that home with our, with our eyes wide open or really into any clinical interaction with our eyes wide open, not losing track of the purpose of what our primary um, interaction is about, 
but being perceptive to the other things that are going on and thinking about what other clinical goodness we can create while we're having that clinical interaction, not just being, I, I call that being purpose-driven versus, versus being sort of um, task-driven um, in the home or, or really in any clinical um, interaction that we have. And then I think, it, um, I think it's being able to think big picture, you know, about the, the total cost of, of people's care and the value that we can create when we think about things differently. So I think it's, it's a lot of what I'm, the themes around what I'm saying are, I think, around having the perspective of being bigger picture, thinking differently than we have in the past about solving the clinical problems, and thinking hard about how we can create a lot of clinical value in a purpose-driven interaction that we would have with our, um, with our different uh, um, members, either whether that's through our care management programs or through our direct care programs. And, um, and I think those are the things that are going to be most impactful. I think from the standpoint of what can I do at Humana, I would say stay close to these to these podcasts, stay close to the nursing leadership um, in the direction that they are helping to develop the workforce. Um, stay close to um, seeing the things that are going on at Humana, what the strategy is behind the work that we're doing. And then think about where you have an interest and where you can specifically tailor your skill set or better best leverage your skill set um, in the work that Humana has that's going forward. Thanks, Kirk. That's really some great insights and a lot of great inspiration, too, um, on the future of home health, home care, and what home might look like in the future and how we can support the health of our patients and members. So I really appreciate the time and the insights you've given us, Lori, Sandy, and Kirk. And to our listeners, thank you for listening to today's episode. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play by searching the words, The Voice of Humana Nurses. And we'd love to hear from you as well. So send us an email at chiefnursingofficer@humana.com and give us your comments and your suggestions about topics or people you want to hear about or hear from. So until the next time, be well. Be well.